podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast and this week's episode is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win a framed Upton Park seat signed by none other than Captain Fantastic Mark Noble. Tickets are just £6.95 each and just 65 will be sold, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm on Friday night and the winner is drawn an hour later live on Facebook. There's been some fantastic signed pieces from Paolo Di Canio, Declan Rice, Saeed Benrahma and Vladimir Soufal right. up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out. Well, look, we're still unbeaten. Two draws on the bounce against teams most fans think we should have beaten. But with a 3-0 thrashing of Tottenham, Crystal Palace showed at the weekend that they might just be slowly turning into a football team that people might actually want to watch under Patrick Vieira. And although West Ham's 0-0 draw at Southampton was a little disappointing, I reckon that most of us would have still taken eight points from four games and being in seventh at the start of the season. Mikhail Antonio's red card was well annoying, to be honest, but at least it means he'll be able to go full throttle in our first ever Europa League group game away at Dynamo Zagreb on Thursday. And then he can have a rest for the small matter of Manchester United at home with Cristiano Ronaldo in the Premier League on Sunday. One man who's having a rest this week is James Jones. He's on a nice little jaunt down in Devon with his family. I had a break of my own last week in Portugal. So the only stalwart of the season so far is new boy Reese Bayliss. But before we get on with the podcast proper, I'd just like to give a big shout out to Dave Shaul, who upon listening to last week's podcast, uh, which Jonesy of course presented, commented on our YouTube channel. Oh my God, this presenter's voice would send me to sleep for God's sake. Liven up a bit, mate. Uh, and as we know, uh, my ego couldn't take it. Last time I had some time off and someone uh, was saying how good uh, James Jones was at presenting, how much I enjoyed the podcast more when I was off. So I was absolutely delighted to return from a holiday to see such comments about Jonesy this time around. It's just me and you this week, Reese. just you and uh, James last week. Of course, massive week for West Ham this week. Uh, Europa League game away at Dynamo Zagreb and then home to Manchester United. It doesn't get much bigger or more exciting than that. Um, but before we get into all that, mate, how are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you, mate. Nice to have you back. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> decent town. I was going to try and do it. I did it last season. Uh, I went to Portugal last year and I did a podcast with Jonesy then. But the Wi-Fi was no good. It, it was all a bit echoey. I didn't have enough room in my limited hand luggage. I obviously only paid, didn't pay the extra on Ryanair. Um, so didn't have room for my microphone. So I thought this year I'd just have my feet up and uh, let you two um, capably get on with it. But uh, what did you make of it then, Reese? Bit of a dull game at Southampton. First nil-nil of the season. It's it's sort of one of those, wasn't it? It's, like, it's all been so good so far this year. And all of a sudden, a nil-nil comes along. So, hang on, we're supposed to win every game 7-6 this year. Yeah, I think you touched on it at the start, mate, that I think all of us would have taken the start that we've had. 
um, even if the results are mixed up, if you know what I mean, if we'd if we'd drawn with Leicester and drawn with Newcastle, why and beaten Allison, Southampton. So uh, positives, obviously, clean sheet. I think that was needed, um, even though you know the results have been very good. It was. It's all. I'm sure it's always good for the defence to uh, keep a clean sheet. I'm a. I was a bit disappointed with our inability to break them down. Let's say with our how we've been attacking. Um, but you know. A point on the road to me, wherever we are in the table, is still a good result, um, and it sets us up nicely for a, you know, a big couple of weeks now, starting Thursday. Mm. Mate, you've hit the nail on the head there already, mate, with the that shout about. Yeah, the results might be a bit mixed up, but if you'd have said at the beginning of the year, right, you've won your two home games, drawn both your away, we'd be on the same points, you'd have snapped someone's hand off, wouldn't you? And you'd like to be honest, you'd like you'd do that for the rest of the season, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, you know, it, it's it, it, obviously what we all think, though, mate, is, you know, won the first two um, and they're, they're two very winnable games. So then, you know, like we all do, we think, come on, we should be on maximum points now. So, uh, you know, it, it's it started well. We're unbeaten. Um, we look like we've already played 38 games already, some of the players, I think, the way uh, the second half was Saturday. But, um, you know, it's, we've got so much to look forward to, um, especially in the next sort of eight or nine weeks, whatever the Europa League uh, group stages, haven't we? So, exactly, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, you know, uh, I, I mentioned it about Palace in the intro there. Oh, Conor Gallagher looks like he's a new... Like, uh, Thomas Uchek or whatever <laughs> he's like mid, mid midfield dynamo he was really good against us wasn't he proper involved again against Spurs obviously like, lovely to watch um, Tottenham have a capitulation Sun Heung-min has one week off and uh, yeah they just all absolutely fell to bits didn't they Joel Jeffett Tandanga losing his head um, yeah it was all, all a very pleasant watch but I did think even regardless of the red card I know the scoreline probably flattered him a bit in the end but I thought Palace looked reasonably good up until then. So it sort of makes you think, you know what, if they end up, you know, coming ninth or top half this season, a, a draw against them might not be the end of the world, eh? No, you know, Hodgson, you know, we spoke about this even before we played them, but Hodgson always had them set up well. Um, so this will probably carry on into the start of this season. Um you know, our, our, so they're not well, going to change. I saw them at Chelsea, mate. They were terrible. Yeah. So, you know, but they're not going to change sort of dramatically and become either very good or very bad overnight. But I, I did think Spurs are very poor. Spurs are mm. very awful. Absolutely. Is all- yeah, which was funny, of course. <laughs> Absolutely no surprise that uh, Odson Edward, a striker that we were heavily linked with, bags two within about 14 seconds yeah. of coming off the bench on his debut as well. But look, enough about Tottenham. Uh, Reese, it's an absolutely massive week for West Ham United this week. Our first ever Europa League group game away at Dynamo Zagreb. Seriously exciting times. And then a, a league game against Man United um, on Sunday just to boot. Uh, all of our games after the or the majority of our games after away Europa League trips, particularly, um, are games that you wouldn't feel too confident about, even if we'd had six weeks to prep for them. Uh, what you what's, what's your sort of feeling going into the week? We're recording this one just for a change on a Monday night, uh, so we don't know the Everton Burnley result yet. 
not that we're overly worried about that but um so it's the beginning of the week where we're recording this what what are your feelings uh, ahead of you know a, a huge week for the club really i think they've got to be you know they're going to be fired up for this week um i did read a lot on twitter especially today which sort of surprised me quite a lot about how many fans would tinker the side on thursday um, yes yeah yeah you know, we're going to that later sure. but you're right i'm sure we'll talk about that more later but you know i think every player will want to be involved thursday um and i think moisey will know that yes we've got a very tough game sunday but you know premier league's over 38 games um i can't see the league cup being especially as we've got man united in that as well i can see that being pushed right down the pecking order um you know and hopefully we go all out all out for the europa yeah, that's it, man. I mean, we haven't really got any other players to uh, like play for the League Cup, obviously. Oh, yeah, we're, just, we're proper putting that on the back burner. We're going to rest everyone. And it's like Cresswell, <laughs> Antonio, Suchek, Rice. Everyone's like, oh, we've, we've changed Ariola. <laughs> this is our B team. Ariola's yeah, in it. goal. And Fredericks is getting a run out. Um, yeah, that's it. But look, I mean, it's, it's such a huge week, mate. I, I'm so excited, um, particularly the Europa League thing. I'd like to have been there. Um, just proved a little bit too much too soon, but definitely hoping to get to one of the, um, at least one of the remaining two away games that we've got coming up. But whatever, it's just this historic moment for the club. Uh, like you say, we'll go into it more a bit later on. And then, of course, we welcome Cristiano Ronaldo back uh, to East London, to the London Stadium for the first time ever, of course. But um, yeah, that was something to behold. He obviously looks pretty dangerous already, albeit against Newcastle at the weekend. But look, we've got all that to come. We'll go into it all in a bit more detail further on in the show. Just a bit of housekeeping at first before we let you know what's coming up. You can follow the us at the podcast on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. We're on Instagram at we are West Ham pod. Facebook, just search we are West Ham podcast. Do the same thing on YouTube and email us if you so wish at we are West Ham pod at gmail.com the links to all the ways you can follow us and contact we are west ham are included in the description to this podcast and you can of course as ever buy us a beer or support the podcast uh, at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham you can make donations as small as a fiver and we really do appreciate every one of you who's already uh, chipped in a few quid and said some nice words to me and the boys over there at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham just a quick shout out as well by the way reese uh james told me the other day and i checked for myself on the analytics the last four uh, episodes of the we are west ham podcast have been the most listened ever uh so big hats off to and a thank you to any new listeners that we've got at the moment obviously we've got some uh, some big attention from the two exclusive interviews we did with tony cotty uh, before and after he announced his intention to join up with Pyre Capital. So we're delighted that that um, sort of flagged a few people's attention to the podcast who perhaps didn't know what we did before. Apologies to any of you who may have been first or second time listening last week and had to endure uh, James Jones for an hour and a half. But uh, rest assured, um, it's, it's me for the rest of the season. And apologies to those who can't stand the sound of my voice who um, have to listen to me for the rest of the season. Fortunately, Reese is here and uh, he provides a little bit of light relief compared to uh, to me and James, which is great. So just to let you know what's coming up 
on the show tonight. We've got some more in-depth reaction to that Southampton game. The Betway charity bets and uh, no winners this week, of course. Unsurprisingly, none of us backed a nil-nil draw. We'll have a look ahead to the Dynamo Zagreb game on Thursday night in Croatia. We've got the opposition view ahead of the Manchester United visit to London Stadium on Sunday with sports journalist and friend of the podcast, Matt Beadle. We'll have the West Ham women section later on. A bit of a stuttering start to the season. Very disappointing to miss out uh, on the three points with Aston Villa's last minute equaliser in the one-all draw at the weekend. And then once again, we will say goodbye for another week of what promises to be an absolutely enthralling week at We Are West Ham United. So once again, thanks all. Uh, hello and thanks all the new listeners. Thanks as always to our loyal long-termers. Uh, exciting show coming up tonight and that all kicks off with Southampton Reaction. So, first nil-nil of the season. I don't always do this, Reese. My positives and my negatives um, as part of the reaction on the notes I do before. Positives, I just wrote two words this week, which was clean sheet. Uh, the, a lot of the reaction online to the game suggesting it was a bit split to be honest mate some people say right that's it that's definitely the end of Dawson get him out um other people going well we didn't concede any goals what you got to complain about it's also the first time this season recent we haven't scored so just obviously we've covered it a little bit but just sort of what what were your what were your main takeaways for, from that game um as you mentioned mate positives definitely a clean sheet I think that was needed um, across the back five, regardless of whether Dawson stays in or not, or even if Fabianski continues. Um, I thought uh, Vlasic looked lively when he came on, which was good to see. Um, it, it was just a dull game. You know, you have, you, do have, <laughs> you know, you do have them over the season. I, you know, watching the first half, I thought they contained us well. We didn't really, you know, we didn't get in too much. Um, and I thought maybe then second half, they might open they might open up a little bit more, which would give us a chance to uh, to try and nick a winner. But a bit like the Palace game where, you know, as much as we possibly could have nicked it, we certainly could have lost it as well. So, you know, these, these games, were, I remember when we played them last season, I think it was, that was 0-0 as well, wasn't it, at St Mary's. Um, I did hear one stat and I do... We obviously like a stat uh, watching the game Saturday that their goalkeeper hadn't kept a clean sheet for, I think it was 17 games. So, <laughs> you know, with our, you know, you know what it, was, it used to be like on a Sunday, wouldn't it? You'd look at a keeper and you'd be like, shoot on sight. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, we've we've had some fantastic results. That was our keeper though, to be fair. Yeah, that was our, yeah, that was our keeper. <laughs> but, you know, we've had some fantastic results. So, them games will happen. I think every team will have games like that. Um, you know, and as as we both said, a point on the road um, to me certainly certainly pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. And the other thing as well, I think it's important to remember we could have thrown it away or thrown it away. You know, at the end they had a couple of chances. Declan Rice clears one off the line. Um, again, wheeling out the old cliches, but you do feel that that those are the sort of games. All right, you look back and go, oh, that's a bit of a damp squib. But we have got something out of it, haven't we? We haven't gone into the game and, and come away from an away trip with less than we went with, which in seasons past, 
you know, you could just see that 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 last minute one where Declan scoops it off the line. There are plenty of seasons that those balls and plenty of games those have gone in, haven't they? And then you know it's a completely different kettle of fish, isn't it? So although it might have been a bit drab, we haven't scored for the first time this season. I think with, with a point, you'll certainly take it. What um, the main takeaway really recent that the headline of of what was a dull game last on match of the day, of course, was Mikel Antonio's red. Now. It's so easy to say, and I used to I used to hammer the players when we were having that period where we threw away the most points from winning positions of any football team in history ever. I was forever just saying, oh, it's just professionalism. Like, you should be able to hold on. Like, what is going on? Blah, blah, blah. I, I'm inclined to feel the same way once you've had a yellow card and you're two minutes from the end of a game which you're going to get a point from and you are you know damn well that you are the one and only centre forward the club's got and the most Im- because of that probably the most important player in the entire squad the second year I mean the first one was semi-brainless but okay he doesn't get booked a lot the second one oh, I don't think there's an excuse for that frankly no it was in my opinion it was just a tired tackle um you know whether or not he's made any contact, but referees will give will give yellow cards for that sort of tackle. Mm. You know we, we spoke about the Tottenham game. <laughs> it's four foot in the air, isn't it? Yeah. So, but you know the, the first one is a bit of handbags. I don't know. Is he another one of them players that he's always got that in him where he's chasing ball down? You know, he, he could be the split split second late in any tackle, and he could get a straight red or. So it was just a very, very tired forwards tackle, um, mm. you know, and yeah, it could have cost us, but, you know, he, he's not going to be one that he was frustrated. He might have been frustrated with his performance. You don't know. Um, you know, so well, that, it's, it seemed that way, didn't it? Uh, you know, he it was quite a frustrating and frustrated afternoon for him, wasn't it? The first one was quite out of character, really, I thought. <laughs> it just like wrestled him to the ground. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was a bit bizarre and sort of a bit annoyed at the decision. Southampton, they made a point of it on match of the day afterwards as well. Fair play to them. They they made a point. They decided that the way they were going to defend against West Ham was getting our faces, wasn't it? And they were they were tight all the time and they were ruffling people up and making it hard for, for the centre forwards, as you'd sort of hope for you, from your defenders, really. Um, and I think that's sort of not really an approach that Antonio usually has much trouble with, is it? But um, yeah, he just seemed to be frustrated, didn't he, by the first one. Nil-nil, he hasn't scored. Uh, yeah, service was limited. Moyes admitted after the game, didn't he, that the, the forward players just weren't clicking as they normally do. That That's all very well, but I don't know. As your main striker, you earn big money. Part of those things is the professionalism, isn't it? And I think when you've got a yellow card and it's two minutes into the game you've got Man United at the weekend he's experienced as well like he knows how football works he knows how the season works and just it's just mindless wasn't it poor touch from him in the first place anyway but where it was and at that stage of the game I don't know I I haven't really got too much room for for bailing him out on this one I I think he he, you know like any any player would but I think he'd be gutted because I think he'd want to play in that game Sunday you know, it's mm. going to be obviously being on the telly. Ronaldo, first game on the telly, there'll be a lot of hype around the game. A bit like the Leicester game, you know, for him to get uh, 
top scorer in the, for us. You know, and how that's mm. all turned out. So, you know, I think he will be disappointed. You know, you can't you can't knock him for for a lot of things. But I, I genuinely just think it was just a tired sort of lazy tackle that didn't need to be done. And you know, if he probably looks back on it and thinks, you know, I didn't even need to dive in. No, definitely didn't. No, and didn't as I say, do it just let them at the ball. Yeah, especially nowadays where nine times out of ten they're given as a foul. And probably but, seven out of ten, they're yellow cards. Yeah, but mate, you can. You said I know you said he didn't touch him. He only didn't touch him because the fella jumped out of the way, didn't he? Yeah, Ultimately, yeah. if he stayed where he was, he he would have wiped him out. And but no, I, I, I'm with you. It's stupid, annoying, and I do think it sort of gives us um, severely hampers us for that Man United game. It's obviously going to be a difficult game anyway. But the ability to to stretch teams in behind is is. You know, obviously not something we're going to have. You bring something quite unique, does Mikhail? So not having him for that United game is very annoying. Uh, Reese, on the the new players, uh, Nikola Vlasic, you've mentioned him briefly already. I was quite surprised, to be honest, that Kurt Zuma didn't start the game. So start with Zuma first of all. Um, people saying again, Dawson looks shaky, and although we did keep a clean sheet, that was more through fortune rather than. Uh, and like an outstanding display from Dawson. That it seems to be. A, it's obviously a matter of uh, when, not if. Dawson makes way in the team for Zuma. Were you surprised that that Kurt Zuma didn't get a start after his, his move from Chelsea? No, I was. The fact that Zuma wouldn't have trained with a team. I know it. it you know these things don't matter as a professor. But uh, I, I, I sort of I thought he would be on the bench. I thought he might have sort of come on. Um, but my only thing with Dawson is he, he was a bit reckless in the second half with his passing uh, and some of his positional play. Um, so fully expect to see Zuma in Thursday and then mm. sort of going forward. No, really. So you 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 reckon he'll he'll whack him in for for Zagreb and then that'll be like his breaking in period. Yeah, I think I'd... so. I think you know he's 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 been bought to be a. You know, we, we need a bit of it showed it on Saturday as well with a little bit of pace up front can cause us all sort of all sorts of problems at the back. Um mm. so yeah, I, I I genuinely do. I mean, you know, Dawson's got his you know, he's got a clean sheet, so he's got an argument to go up against about not being dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough, mate. We'll we'll see what happens. Um it's quite stunned again, another striker we were linked with, uh, Adam Armstrong for Southampton. Shocked that he didn't score. Uh Vlasic then, Reese. Um come on in the second half. David Moyes said after the game he was hoping he would add something a little bit different. You mentioned already players looking tired um <laughs> four games into the season. A little bit of international break, I guess, sort of plays a little bit of a part in that. Um, what's your what's what did you sort of make of Vlasic's contribution then when he come on? Yeah, I thought I thought we looked very lively, mate. I thought we looked very lively. He was getting into pockets, especially down the left hand side. He looked very good on the ball, um, mm. and I'm looking for, very much looking forward to seeing what he can offer the side. Um, you know, I think obviously Antonio not playing this weekend. I think he will be chucked straight in, and I think it'll be you know them them four. Bowen four now was Ben Rama and Vlasic, and you know on paper that's not a bad not a bad front four. So he knows that he's potentially going to have a chance. Hopefully he does play him. Um, and you know what I mean. What what sort of better chance than against Man United at home? 
So you, you reckon he'll he'll do that straight in up front? I mean, because you know, I think that's part of the reason he bought him. We've covered it a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago. I think um, the fact that Nikola Vlasic is quite flexible. He's predominantly that number ten as we know it. Um, but he can and has played as that sort of out and out number nine striker as well. So it makes sense to me. You know, lots of people shouting for Bowen or Yarmolenko to play up there. Um, somewhat baffling to me. I'd, I'd whack him straight in. But that, what you reckon Moyes will end up doing for, for both games? Uh, no, I reckon just Sunday. Um, I, I, I weren't so sure whether he would start him Thursday, but obviously being in his home nation, um, mm. that does give it a bit more of an option that he may start but um, certainly Sunday I think he'll start mate I think he, he, he's going to have to you know because he has been touted about as sort of a striker you know mm. I heard so many reports saying oh, I think even Saturday they mentioned it in the commentary about him being a striker and it's like well, he's not really a striker is he let's be honest nah, no he's probably um, an attacking midfielder yeah, yeah. so um, it, it just depends on how he seemed to link up straight away with the players and, uh, yeah, for me, he did, he did look very good. Oh, good stuff, mate. It's exciting. Look, one thing uh, I think it's fair to say, as uh, as always, um, after most games, do a little browse on, on social media and stuff. Uh, and I think, you know, we've got a point which is valuable. The Antonio red card is annoying. Obviously, we, we didn't score. We kept a clean sheet as well. But the best thing, I think, to come out of the game is the old, uh, the new Pablo Fornell song that seems to have, of surface few videos of, of the fans watching Tottenham losing to Palace in the concourse and singing the Tottenham get battered song uh but the Pablo Fornells he eats paella he drinks Estrella he's going to Vienna one two three four it should be unos dos tres cuatro really shouldn't it but uh no I did like that coming out of the uh the away end at Southampton on the weekend but look mate you're, you're totally right still unbeaten four games into season how many seasons passed have we been out to say that it's probably like the first or second time in two decades or whatever that we haven't lost a game in the first four two of them been wins eight points seventh in the league be buzzing if you finish there at the end of the season so uh yeah decent decent enough um, fingers crossed we uh, we can get something at Man U at the weekend. That's us for reaction to probably the most boring game West Ham have played this season. But never fear, uh, it's Betway Charity Bets next before we look ahead to Zagreb and Man United. Dallas game of the season so far that West Ham have played. Reese, hands down, I think we're all agreed on that, but like we've covered already, we uh, still took a point away from it and that could be absolutely priceless come the end of the season. So once again, a bit like Palace, brush your hands, say, yeah, good and bad things to take from it. Got a point, onwards and upwards. And uh, onwards and upwards, we certainly go. Uh, we've got a slip in here though, Reese. The, the Betway Charity Bets section, uh, obviously none of us won anything at all on the Southampton game. In fact, I don't even think any of us were even close. Um, I had Kurt Zuma anytime, Adam Armstrong anytime and over 2.5 goals. Kurt Zuma didn't even play. So when he wasn't playing, I thought, oh, that's all right. The other two legs will stand. So I need two to come in. The odds of have been lower. Um, but you never know. That that's, that's I could get a few quid in. Yeah, Adam Armstrong 
Uh, not even close. Over two and a half goals, not even close either. James Jones went with West Ham to win. Both teams to score. Ben Rama to score and assist. Couldn't have been further away. And Reese, what did you what did you have for Southampton? Uh, I think I've done over three and a half goals. Both teams to score and Angelo Bonner. Yeah, there we go. Over three point five. Yeah, I was I was putting it about where I work, saying look, out of the three of us, we've covered everything here. <laughs> you got you on it, and then yeah, so. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, look, let's uh, let's have a look to uh, the Man United bets. Reese, I'll ask you to give us uh, Jonesy's in his absence and your own one. First of all, I have gone with uh, this is for Manchester United uh, on the weekend. I have gone with a penalty to be awarded in the game. Obviously, it's Manchester United, isn't it? So you know that's going to happen. Over three point five goals to be scored and a goal in each half. It was one of them, I didn't want to do Ronaldo to score. The odds obviously won't be good. And I, I'm just not so sure. Um, the West Ham to win thing, I just, I honestly can't. I think with the Antonio thing, I think I'd be delighted to get a draw at the game. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the, I've gone for one this week that isn't result specific. And I do like those on games that I just cannot tell which way it's going to go. Um, I do like to just go a little bit more general with stuff that isn't dependent on on the result. And we all know that Manchester United love winning a penalty against West Ham. Uh, Reese, we'll, we'll do your one first. And then actually, no, let us know what James has gone for, if, if you don't mind in his absence. Yeah, so James has done uh, the game to be a draw, Vlasic to score any time and both teams to score. Yeah, that's not bad, you know. I, I quite like the sound. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you're saying as well, you reckon he's going to play up front, don't you? I'd, I'd be more than behind that decision. Um, yeah, I did, yeah, I was just not too bad from Josie. A little bit of a sneaky one. The odds will be fairly decent on that as well. And uh, Reese, let us know what you've gone for. So this week, I'm, I'm pretty much going to do both teams to score uh, every week for us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you probably won't find me do much of a, a result over the season because I I very rarely back West Ham. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know I won't bore you too much, but in 2002 I think it was we played Charlton and I've done us to win I think three or four nil and they beat us four nil and I said so it was like <laughs> since then I've never done it but um, so yeah both teams to score I fancied Pogba to get an assist. He yeah. Yeah he typically plays well against us doesn't he. Um, mm. I've also done Aaron Cresswell any time. Mm. Fancy a free kick from him this week. Yeah, he got one against United, didn't he, a couple of seasons ago? Yeah, about um, three years ago. So, yeah, um, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I saw him lining up for one. Sorry, mate, you go. No, what are you saying? Say, a different approach from me this week. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. I like it, mate. Um, yeah, he, he lined up for one against Southampton, didn't he, at the weekend? I thought, oh, this is it. Here we go. 1-0. Nice little smash and grab. Like, whacked it into the bloke's knees in the wall. So, it couldn't have been any lower if you tried. Um, yeah, the other... I'm still bitter talking about Pogba there, mate, about the game uh, where I think it was... I was fortunate enough to go to the one last season where the about 2,000 fans were allowed in. I think it was the first one where anyone was allowed back. Dean Henderson smashed the ball out. It went out miles for a throw. Went back back into the pitch. They played on Pogba. To be fair to him, hit an absolute blinder of a finish. And then VAR, it's like, hey, VAR doesn't work down the sides. 
It's like, well, there's the linesman. <laughs> that was just even with like VR, and it's that's what I because I was pro VR before. Every time I was arguing for it, I was like, because when you play Man United or Liverpool, you always get a decision go for you, blah blah blah. And I was thinking, brilliant, playing Man United, there's no way a decision can go against us because VAR is here. Yeah, it smashes one out 10 yards for a throw and bends it back in. It's like, oh, no, 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 that VR doesn't work down the side. I remember match of the day doing the graphic later on and they literally just drew a straight line on the thing. The ball's like six yards out and the linesman's like looking somewhere else, looking at his mum in the crowd or whatever. <laughs> Absolutely infuriating stuff. But look, just a reminder on the Betway charity bets that uh, me, Reese, and James are, of course, playing for three West Ham-linked charities, all three of them, close to our hearts and uh, causes that we really, really believe in. I, this season, am playing for the Bobby Moore Fund, uh, James Jones is playing for the DT38, Dylan Tombidi's Foundation, and Reese is playing on behalf of Isla's Fight. So every single week, Betway, who are our charity partners on the podcast, kindly give us a £50 charity bet each, a charity stake each, to put on a three-legged bet for each and every one of West Ham's games this season. So that's 150 times 38 um, in charity stakes that Betway give us. Any winnings from any bets uh, go to the charities that I've just mentioned there, and Betway have once again agreed to match any winnings at the end of the season. Fantastic. From them, we raised more than £12,500 last year, so we're hoping to do the same this year. Four weeks in, though, Reese, you're the only one that's bagged the winner so far. So, uh, yeah, sort of getting to that one in four, it's not too bad. It's getting to that squeaky bum time stage where we want to get another one in just to keep the ball rolling. And me and James Jones do not want to be the last one uh, to get one up as we did last season. So brilliant that you got winning first. But uh, yeah, great stuff we're doing this season. Just a reminder as well that if you want and you like the sound of any of those bets, mine, Reese's or James, you can back them for yourself in real life on the Betway website or app. Just go to the West Ham v Man United game. Uh, and under pre-built bets, you'll be able to scroll down and find the We Are West Ham selections. They'll have the podcast name and mine, Reese's or James' name against them, whichever one you like. So you know exactly which one you're backing. Uh, so you can, of course, do that if you want. Those will be up for a Sunday game around Friday of this week, if you fancy it. So uh, that's the Betway Charity Bets for this week. Stay with us because it's look ahead to Dynamo Zagreb, West Ham's first ever Europa League group stage game next Reese, West Ham United this week play their first ever game in the Europa League group stages I've been grappling with this you know I know it's a bit of a sort of tabloidy thing to say uh headline grab or whatever but someone asked me uh, in the lead up to the game is this the biggest game that I've watched in in my life, and I'm like West Ham game in since I've been alive, or my West Ham watching career. I'm 29 now, uh, and I immediately said no because I said, "Well, no, the, the 2006 Cup final was was bigger than that for sure." Uh, obviously, we drew it, so uh, sharing that was with Liverpool was was brilliant, um, and you know the playoffs were were equally excellent as well, but. Playing in those games doesn't necessarily guarantee that you've performed to an elite level over 
over a season, does it? Not that we we didn't fluke the cup by by any means at all. But what what's your stance on that about where this game ranks in the biggest West Ham games in your lifetime? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit the same as you, mate. I, you know, I've been to I've been lucky enough to have been to quite a lot more games that have sort of meant more. Um, I think if you want to call it this new era since we've been at the London Stadium, then possibly, you know, this would be on par with um, maybe the first game at the stadium. Can't remember they were good. Oh, I'd say it trumps that. that. Yeah. Oh no, it, if you're yeah, talking. I'm, I'm saying is as in the, at the at the London Stadium. Certainly not, you know, previous. But um, I thought you meant the Juve friendly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't. You know, it's it's a massive game for us to see. Also, to see where we're at. You know, we we think we've got some very good players, exciting players, um, and all the, the, these European sides are all very underestimated. You know, we're not Man City, we're not Barcelona. I think you know we are. It's going to be very very tough, um, but it's enjoyable the fact that you know we've got six games in it for once, and we're not playing a dreaded playoff against a load of like Andorran farmers. Do you know what I mean? Who just turn up and beat us. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be, you know, and again, we touched on it a couple of weeks ago after the draw, you know, as, as much as I think some fans were disappointed with locations, mm. um, I think the draw has been pretty reasonable. So hopefully we can, uh, we can sort of push on in it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, it's definitely for me, hands down, the biggest game of the London Stadium era for sure. And ultimately, you know what? I'd, I would say, other than, I'd say it's the second biggest game of my life. I think the playoff finals were brilliant, but just the fact that we're saying playoff finals uh, that we've done more than one, uh, they've come around more often. And you know, we've been in the Premier League for most of the time I've been alive. So the the two times that we that we were out of it, or the, we've had three seasons since I can remember West Ham, where we haven't been in the top flight. So I, I sort of looked what we were getting off the back of those. This is truly this and the FA Cup final once in a lifetime occasions, like for in my West Ham watching career, if you like. Um, you know, and I, I'm delighted. I was always looking forward to it and like calling for it uh, last season and all that and. Fans go, oh, I'm not so sure about it. I just, it just baffles me beyond belief that anyone isn't absolutely buzzing for this tournament. And I know Man United and and Arsenal hilariously uh, have treated it with somewhat contempt in the past, but it, no one treated it like that when it was the UEFA Cup. Just the fact that it changed nights and they meddled with the format a bit, so there's a few more teams in it. When it was the UEFA Cup, everyone was like absolutely buzzing off of it, weren't they? Yeah. And it's just because the narrative now has changed, all driven by the big clubs, as always, just the same as they do with the League Cup and the FA Cup and all that. Just it doesn't suit their agenda. They sort of like encourage sneering at it. Well, we're not a big club. Like I'd take a League Cup final, I'd snap your hand off for one of those. Um, but to be in the Europa League proper, the Europa League proper, with a reasonable chance of getting through as well, it's, it's, I'm just so excited. It's just so, it's just brilliant. It's just really, really good. Like I was quick to do the old three tickets um, straight away for the home games, try and get to the away one if I can. It's brilliant. Like we've waited for so long and your 
tweet. We'll move on to it in a little bit, mate. But you put a tweet out. It might have been today or yesterday. That really resonated with me, and I just sort encapsulated it perfectly when you said we've been like desperate to get into a European competition for years and years and years, and fans are talking about resting players. I mean, that to me, this should take priority over anything else we do this season, a hundred percent, particularly the group stages. Because all right, if you know, if you end up getting through and you get knocked out to Napoli or Marseille, so be it. But it's six games, isn't it? I'd I'd happily have lost the Southampton and Crystal Palace games. Yeah, I know it doesn't always work like that. But if Moisey's got a decision, well, I don't know which game to play. This week, let's be honest, we're more than likely to lose to Man United anyway. If it's a case of going full 100% both barrels at the Europa League game on Thursday and then losing 5-0 instead of 1-0 to Man United, well, give me that every single day of the week, mate. Absolutely every single day of the week. I, I, I literally cannot wait for it. I think you've got, you know, as, as fans and as the football club, we've, you know, we've actually got in there this year on merit. Mm. Um, <laughs> Not about, no, yellow cards. No, but that's what I'm saying. You think, you know, like the last season at Upton Park, um, yeah, we, we obviously got in it in the, you know, in the qualifying stage. But every time that I've seen us in Europe, going back to the 90s in the Anglo-Italian Cup, you'd have about <laughs> 3,000 fans at Upton Park. You know, we had to obviously win the Intertoto Cup for coming fifth. I know the format was different then. So we've actually got in it on merit. So, A, the players that have got us there have got to have a good crack at it. Um, and I honestly, I, I, I can't believe how, and you know, I'm not having a, a massive dig or anything, but I was reading some today where people were saying they'd play Yarmolenko up front. It's like, <laughs> this, this is a competition where we've been wanting to get in it. You know, we're different now in the league. I understand years gone by, if, if we ever have a thing about Europe, as I say, because we don't always get in it the right way, it can and it will ultimately affect our league form. But mm. we're four games in, we're unbeaten. There's 34 to play. Yes, we've got Man United. Yes, we've got tricky games after the Europa League games. But, you know what I mean? This is the game. I, I can't, but if I was a player there, if I was a Declan Rice, if I was one of the Czech boys, even Bowen, and I think it's picked because I was going to have a rest. I'd be fuming. Yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. There's no way these players have worked their socks off last season to get us there to achieve potentially the biggest thing the club's achieved in my living memory. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Uh, Declan, you're on the bench, son. What? I played in the Euros final for, for England last year. Mm-hmm. I'd be getting in any decent teams Champions League side starting 11 if I moved no I'm not no I'm not on the bench what I am going to give Alex Kral a run out today no all of them must but surely mate surely must be knocking on the door maybe I don't know maybe Suchek and Sufal who obviously played with an esteemed Czech side so have inevitably played in the tournament before maybe they're happy to sit on can I can't even fathom that can you that any of those players who were outstanding and worked so hard and played out their skin to get us there last season and were heralded for it, rightfully so, that any of them would be, go, ah, sit this one out, boss. No one's going to want to do that, are they? Surely he's got to go strongest side. You know, I I know we we obviously wouldn't know now, but 
the Antonio thing, I think a lot of fans might have thought, well, blimey, we're going to be playing Thursday and Sunday. The mm. amount of work rate he puts in and, you know, obviously we haven't got that problem now. So you'd expect mm. him to play 90 minutes, providing don't get injured or anything. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, I might be totally wrong, mate. Um, it'd be interesting to see what, what Moisey does. But, you know, they've come out of a tough game Saturday, probably physically for the players, especially the ones mm. that have been on international duty. But, you know, what I mean, back at training yesterday or today, thinking we're in, we've are we got a European game Thursday. You know, players like your Nobles and people like that, Noble will be, I bet he'll be flying around the place, getting mm. everyone going. And I don't think you should really have to because they should know the, the magnitude of that game, um, especially for the fans, because we do, we do wait a long time to you know, to get in Europe. We even wait a long time to get in like the quarterfinals of domestic cups. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We've, we've got to, he's got to be looking at this and thinking, do you know what, especially at the start, let's see what we're up against. You know, we've mm. got two home games after this first game. Yeah. And then, yeah, later down the line, maybe you can, you can tinker about yeah. it. Certainly the exactly. league cup game. I know what we said, you said earlier about, you know, our squad's not massive, but at least you can chuck a few of them in. But I'll be I'll be very, very disappointed Thursday if it's if it's not pretty much the side that played Saturday yeah. but Zuma in. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm, maybe uh, even even giving Ariola a game, I can't imagine Fabianski being all right with that. Unless he's had an agreement with Ariola. That's the only change I could potentially see if he says because he's a decent ish keeper, isn't he? Like I can't imagine he would have been happy to just go, right, you are just number two. I reckon he'd have had to say, you're the cup keeper. Surely yeah, he just said to I, I don't think he's. I don't think his debut will be until Man United Wednesday week. Oh, you don't think he would play Thursday? No, I don't uh, think Yeah, maybe. I, 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 know, I, just literally... I mean, I know, again, I know people are pushing at it, but, you know, Fabianski will have his clean sheet in his back pocket to say, look, you know, we've done this Saturday, so... I don't, I don't, you know, I might, I might be thinking about it a bit too much, but I've certainly seen a lot of fans that, which you probably write sometimes to be a little bit cautious, but, you know, yeah. this don't happen too often, mate. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right, mate. Uh, you're totally right. And I just think, yeah, well, we've covered it already. It's huge. And like you say, if we're in a fortunate position where maybe we win the first four, or get a decent run, and we can afford to rest them later on in the group stage, happy day until then. Um, I think that Man United League game, though, Reese, you might, um, I think they're going to be offering places on the bench for people with 35 plus season ticket loyalty points. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one thing, uh, Reese, so, like, you know, the actual logistics of the game, just a quick one to anyone listening. We're hoping to speak to, uh, have a chat with a Croatian football podcast tomorrow. I'm recording this Monday. Podcast will go out Tuesday night, as always. Um, so, uh, yes, we're hoping to chat to Croatian Football Podcast tomorrow on Tuesday. So um, uh, that's not certain yet. So forgive me if, if that doesn't end up going on the final recording. But just some sort of logistics side of things on the game. Reese, uh, you know, Zagreb, the Dinamo Zagreb got a big stadium. 1,200 tickets, I think it was, in the end. Yeah, 1,243 was West Ham's allocation. They got a big stadium, but... I, forgive me if I'm wrong but there was a, an earthquake in Zagreb which I believe has affected affected the stadium and has affected their ability to welcome as many fans as they usually would uh, sort of mixed reports mate 
thousands of West Ham fans are expected um, to sort of descend on Zagreb this week is, is some of the news lines or whatever. Um, I, you know, say 1,200 tickets or whatever. Um, I don't know. There were some people getting a little bit irate that some of them have gone to sponsors and London club members. You know, that's the way of the world uh, these days, isn't it, really? Um you know, what are you sort of expecting for? There's reports saying West Ham fans shouldn't be wearing um, Nikola Vlasic, uh, Nikola Vlasic shirts. Uh, you know, what's, what's your views on the logistics side of things ahead of the game? Um, yeah, we've got a very good following away from home. So, you know, I, I reckon at least 85, 90% of the people that are going, you know, it, it's... It, uh, you've you've got to go on their advice. Uh, you know, I understand you've got to go and pick up a voucher, or the club send you a voucher, um, mm. which you exchange for your ticket and a bit of photo ID. So, you know, it's it, it's you're going into a bit of the unknown, aren't you? Really. So, mm. um, but you know, we travel well, pre-season tournaments and things like that. We always travel well. So, you know, I'm I'm sure that the, the people that go over there are. Uh, I'd be right up for it. Yeah, there's a funny article I read, um, Reese said, West Ham fans heading to Zagreb this week have been advised not to wear shirts with the name of £33 million new boy Nikola Vlasic um, <laughs> because uh, he started his career at Dinamo Zagreb's fierce rivals Hajduk Split. Uh, and they shouldn't, they shouldn't wear shirts sporting the name of former Hammer Davor Sukair either. <laughs> well, if if there's a single West Ham fan out there these days that has got a, a Davor Sukair shirt still and can send us in a picture, be that on Twitter or at we are underscore West Ham or via our email, I will I will personally buy you a pint because I can't see that anyone has got even at the time. I'd have thought they were a bit of a rarity, but no way, surely, could, uh, can anyone have a flipping Devil Sukair shirt? Well, you know, I mean, the, the quick turnaround and COVID hasn't helped, to be honest, has it? To be quite, you know, as far as the, the travelling goes, it, the feeling I team to get is that uh, given that they've had a bit more time, supporters are a bit keener to head to Vienna and to Genk in Belgium. Those are certainly the two that I'm targeting. Um, but whatever way you look at it, mate, it's, it's an exciting time, isn't it? Be it for those of us watching it at home um, or in the stadium. What did you make of the the awkward kickoff time? Uh, to be honest, mate, it's perfect for me this week. As I've mentioned before, it's my wedding anniversary. So, uh <laughs> You know, I'd be having a nice meal sitting in front of the telly watching us at quarter to six. So, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, um, it, I think with it all, you know, it's, it's again, it's just something new to us, isn't it? So, you know, yeah. I think you're right. I think a lot of people might be, let's see how the first one goes. Then we've got a couple of home games. Um, and then you might see, depending on how we're doing as well, I reckon you'll see a lot of travelling after that. So yeah, 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 yeah. I think one well, of his last mate. two at quarter to six as well. I think is it. Sorry, mate. One of the uh, last. I, I think they're yeah, one I, of them's quarter to six as well. I think. I imagine, yeah. yeah. To be honest, they could be kicking off at quarter to six on Thursday morning, and I'd still be absolutely buzzing yeah. for it. But yeah, exciting times. Hopefully, we'll get that chat 
um, with the Croatian Football Podcast in by the time this podcast goes out on Tuesday. Uh, but if not, I'm very sorry. However, stay with us because if you don't get Croatian football, you will get another guest on the podcast this week. It's Opposition View ahead of the Man United game in the Premier League on Sunday with our friend and sports journalist and Man United fan, Matt Beadle. <laughs> So I'm delighted to say that joining us all the way from Dalmatia in Croatia is Lovre Nikolac from the Croatian Football Podcast. Lovre, it's great to have you with us. Thanks so much for joining us. We uh, we do our position views every single week and they're usually from people located in England, fans of different Premier League clubs. But it's an exciting time for West Ham United being in the Europa League group stage for the first time in our history. And it's even more exciting for us to be chatting to someone like you. Thanks very much for joining us, first of all. Straight into it then, really. I mean, what can uh, what can West Ham fans expect from Dynamo Zagreb Thursday night away um, Yeah, in the, uh, in the famous Croatian city? Yeah, in the famous Croatian city, you're going to be lining up at Maksimir, uh, the home of Dinamo and the Croatian national team. So you're probably going to expect an electric uh, atmosphere. That, that is a definite. Uh, if, if you're asking about the team, the team is definitely going to light up in a free, in a somewhat of a 3-5-2. Maybe as a, you're going to have a lone defensive midfielder in a demi. But yep. we'll get to the you, Yeah, you yeah, get we'll get to the, to the team for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, again, it's a, it's a new experience for, for West Ham fans. Um, what, what can they expect? First of all, there's the, I think we've sold out our uh, 1,253 was the allocation. I think some fans were a little bit disappointed that that was low, given it's our first proper European adventure. They have sold out. Um, there's quite a few fans expected to travel. What can they, they expect from, from the city and the stadium, first of all? Well, the Dynamo fans posted a letter or some kind on, online today. They basically don't wear blushed shirts, and you're gonna yes. be okay. Right. You're gonna be you're gonna be perfectly fine if you don't wear a blushed shirt or a Shuker shirt, because some people are kind of on a hot debate with Shuker after he retired right. and became president of the federation. So just right. don't wear a Shuker blushed shirt if you're not looking for trouble. Yeah, yeah, I don't think for sure. They're almost certain that there's going to be no Devil Suker shirts floating around. He wasn't that great for West Ham. Yeah, but yeah so I, just I just explain a bit of that then. So it's uh, Vlasic is because he came through the Hyduk Split Academy. I understand yeah. which who are Zagreb's bitter rivals. Is that right? Yeah, biggest rivals in Croatian history. That is. Yeah. But yeah, he came up. He signed with everything. You probably remember that. After Hajduk yeah, yeah, played, sure. yeah. yeah, played them in a playoff in, uh, for the Europa League, which Everton eventually won over both legs. Mm. But Vlasic was pretty dominant in the midfield, basically dri dribbling for every player he came up against in that Everton side. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the what's the story with Suka as well? Then you mentioned is it because of his is it the same reason or because of uh, his stuff yeah, after the game? Just, just yeah, after the game, it's just that uh, what he did as president and all that stuff. But that's too much, and probably yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. private stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. So, um, lovely. If you you know for for West Ham fans, uh, it's fair to say because you know we we're, we're relatively inexperienced playing against these European sides. We played Atalanta, um, Italian Champions League side, of course, in a pre-season friendly and beat yeah. them. 
earlier this summer. They were a little further behind in their preparation for the season than we were, so that may have explained it. But what sort of level can West Ham fans expect? We're doing like okay in the Premier League. We're seventh at the moment. Had a decent finish of sixth last season uh, as well. So what sort of quality of football can, can West Ham fans expect from Dinamo on Thursday? Well, I hope the same level of football we, we played against Tottenham <laughs> last yeah. time out when they came. So if, if, if Dinamo can play like that, then that'll be fine. But yeah, sadly, Dinamo has kind of fallen. You know, we're in the Europa League because lo- Dinamo lost to Sheriff Tiraspol of all clubs. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. their first ever time in yeah, the Champions League, yeah, isn't it? it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah, Dinamo is now in the Europa League and playing against West Ham the first game. But yeah, you can definitely expect something close to that, to the Tottenham game, basically. Right, just, okay. But more, it's basically gonna start with up just Dinamo probably being on the backside for the most of the first half. Uh, the other half, it's probably gonna be guns blazing. I hope if if something happens in the first half. Sure. Yeah. So those uh, listening who don't know, Dinamo Zagreb last season knocked Tottenham out of uh, West Ham's bitter rivals, Tottenham Hotspur, knocked them out of the uh, Europa League. Tottenham won 2-0 in the first leg in London before Dinamo pulled off an outstanding 3-0 victory in March in the second leg back in Croatia to knock Spurs out the round of 16. Um, They're also, Dinamo noticed, uh, Lovra, top of the league at the moment. Yeah, uh, seven, they are, ga- they are. seven games played, level on points with with Hyduk, and and they played one less um, as well. So going good guns domestically at the moment. Yeah, they st- they started off poorly. They lost the sign below. Popo's a mid table, lower mid table side here. Hmm. But after that, they just got got back into got back into form, and now they both because in Croatia you have a rule you can postpone one match in the qualifications for Europe and when you reach the group stages. So now they postponed that the, the the big game against Hajduk, which was supposed to come this weekend. All right. So, yeah, so they have more preparation for the next game after West Ham. Yeah, yeah. So if uh, so, am I right in thinking, so did Zagreb play the weekend just gone? or are they Yeah, they have, they have, they have. Oh, so they played just this weekend, but they've got a week off. Uh, on Sunday, yeah, West Ham welcome Manchester United to the London Stadium, complete with Cristiano Ronaldo on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So uh, not a great game to return to. So as far as uh, you touched on it briefly there, Lovre, as far as uh, the sort of pl- style of play go, what can West Ham fans expect from Dinamo? Uh, that's a, I, now I don't know because after Sheriff, you you're gonna need some goals to bring back that level of confidence you kind of lost because you mm. they didn't score a goal against Sheriff the the right. second game and the nil nil, right. so you're definitely gonna need a goal to boost your chances. But I think it's gonna be very good because last season Dinamo almost went through the group stages of the Europa League without conceding a goal. Right. That, and that would have been the first time in history a club went through the group stages in the Europa League without conceding a goal. But sadly. Uh, a Croatian in the CSK Moscow side, I think Bistrovic, not Vlasic, right. he scored. So that that end, so Dinamo ended with a nine-one uh, goal difference. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, so the defense is very good. If you know Livakovic in goal, national goalkeeper for Croatia, so it should be fine. And defense-wise, there are some problems with Teofil Katerin, but I mean he can definitely try and deal with Antonio. Right. But attacking-wise, you have Mislav Orsic, uh, Tottenham fans. I, I don't know if they're listening to this, but you, you probably remember. So. <laughs> yeah, neither do I, but West Ham fans definitely remember him kindly. Yeah. 
But uh, let's hope that kind of drops a bit that that kindness towards him after Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So who's sorry? Just uh, who was that you're talking about there? The the striker? No, Mislavosic is a left winger. Uh, oh right, right, okay. Right footed. Where's the number ninety nine? Scored yep. the hat trick against Tottenham. Right. Sorry, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From from last season, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what? Yeah, a, a Dinamo quite a, a defensive side generally. Anyway, is it are you expecting a, a quite low scoring KG game or or yeah, sort of the opposite? Yeah, that that's most of the kind of they basically are are possessions based style team in right. Europe in Europe and in, in Croatia they're just dominant half possession half shots whatever. But yeah, yeah it, it it will definitely be a, a somewhat of a quiet game, but a, the, the, they're gonna be a couple of goals. I think yeah. I hope. Yeah, that might that might suit West Ham. I mean, West Ham are sort of used to letting the other team have the ball and hitting uh, quickly on and decisively on the counter attack. So if um, if Dinamo looking to have the ball, that that may suit us. Uh, what we're we talking about, you know, in star players, you've mentioned a couple there, but who are, who are Dinamo's sort of dangerous players that that West Ham fans watching either at home or in Croatia should be looking out for? Well, first off, as I said, Orsic, that is definitely, he has a powerful right foot. He can just, he's Robin-esque, but on the left wing right. with, a, with his right foot. So that's what you can expect from him. Uh, second top player is probably Ademi, the captain. He can basically play on both sides of the pitch. Yeah, He can score, he can defend, he can tackle, whatever. And I don't know if I should put Bruno Petkovic, because he's going to kind of been a downfall recently in terms of form. Ever right. since, yeah, ever since the last manager of Dynamo left, Bielica, yeah. who where he played perfectly, and now Kuznas has come in, and I, I think Petkovic is maybe mentally has kind of fallen after he came in. But yeah, those three players are definitely to look out for. Okay, fair enough. And West Ham fans are seriously excited for this tournament, understandably. How do the Dynamo fans look at it? Because yeah, do they look at it? Are they excited and are they thrilled by the tournament or is it considered a bit of a, a bit of an inconvenience for them? Well, I wouldn't say an inconvenience. I, I mean, after you like, got lost the Sheriff Tiraspol and go back to the Europa League for second year running, mm-hmm. you're going to, and you see the group, okay, West Ham, I think is the only one who could challenge Dynamo. Right. Uh, Gank and Rapid should be easier, easier games. So that that is definitely how the fans look at it as well. Maybe yeah. Gank could pull off a point, but I don't mm. see anything much from Rapid. Yeah. So West Ham. I was. That was my next question about how how West Ham viewed by by the Dynamo uh, supporters and and by the club. So you you sort of mentioned there that um, they're considered the main danger in the group. Would you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, West Ham are definitely favourites to finish top, but then again, they haven't had much experience in Europe, so that could mm. hinder hinder a, a litter. A little, yeah. not a litter. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, is there how you know how well known are West Ham in in Croatia? We obviously you know assume that everyone knows Premier League sides, but it's, it is our first time in the Europa League group stages properly. Um, is it, are they sort of a, a well-known or well-respected club? I mean, we've got some Croatian links, of course, with um, Slavin Bilic, probably our, our, yeah, our most favoured one of all time, I would say. Yeah, and you have a fan in me as well, if you didn't know that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. yeah. You, you, you should have checked my Twitter account before you went before you went on because I, be so. I have, yeah, yeah. Been, yeah, I have been kind of on the West Ham train since, actually, since Village Village came in. That's when I kind of started being a fan. Now the Vlasic is in. I am definitely following. Double everything. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but so, I, you, you have a couple of, I would say, groups. I, there's a, I think, a beer, a pub in London, not London, in Zagreb. That was yep. supposed to kind of host West Ham fans, like 400, right. Five, 500. Oh, right. So, so yeah, you have very good links here, I hope. Mm. I don't know for the rest of the country, but Zagreb, I think, is very friendly. Yeah, yeah. So the Dinamo Zagreb fans there, they're sort of, you know, how are they, what will they be pleased with from the game? Will they want a win or will they be happy with a draw? I think they would be happy with a draw. Well, I mean, depends on who you ask. The ultras, mm. like the heavy heavy ultras are definitely gonna ask for a win because yeah. the the way the ultras see it are another club from london rivals from tottenham if we beat tottenham we can beat west ham yeah 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 sure is there a what what, what sort of atmosphere uh, can the fans expect who are traveling to uh, croatia lovra is there you mentioned the ultras there i think there's often some misunderstanding about around that word in england i think people automatically sometimes assume that that means hooligans or that means violence uh, I'm, I'm not so sure that's always the case it's obviously different in different parts of europe but what um what are the dinamo zagreb fan base like and what what atmosphere can the west ham fans expect in the stadium well i hope it isn't violent because uh last time actually when legia warsaw came to uh came to zagreb they had yep. a big fight but then again yep. it it, it Legia is kind of closer, and they have had some history. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, but it should be fairly easy. It shouldn't be good. It shouldn't get violent. Maybe on the maybe you'll hear some chants probably about being English and just you're probably gonna hear jokes if you meet a Croatian in, yeah. in Zagreb and about the four two game. Oh, not about the four two, but that that's yours to say to us. But the two one game with Mandzukic in the semi final, you'll probably yeah, hear that. sure, sure, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so uh, good. Yeah, but probably a couple of jokes with 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 the hometown, with the hometown lads from Zagreb. But I, I, it shouldn't get hostile. If if the Ultras plan something, I, I, I hope it's nothing too violent. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Excellent. Well, Lovra, it's absolutely brilliant to have you on. We really do appreciate it. It'd be great to chat to you um, ahead of the second leg in London in a few weeks' time. But, uh, yes, yeah, brilliant to have our first uh, ever European Opposition View guest. And, um, yeah, so just quickly, obviously, as we always do this, before we let you go, what's your score prediction for the game? Thursday night, 5.45 kickoff at the uh, You know what, because I'm kind of... I, I want Croatia to be good in Europe, and Dinamo is our only representative in Europe this season. Yep. And I'm a fan of West Ham, so let's say 1-1 draw. 1-1 draw, yeah. I think, you know what, I think the, uh, most West Ham fans from our first away venture in the Europa League against the, the probably the strongest side in the group outside of ourselves, I think everyone would take that. But look, Lovre Nikolac there from the Croatian Football Podcast. It's been absolutely brilliant having you on. Thanks so much for joining us and stay with us because we've got loads more next. Support for the We Are West Ham podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the men's below-the-waist champions of the world. Manscaped offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, 
all across Europe. Yep, you can join 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, who we've teamed up with to bring you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code WeAreWestHam. That's all one word, WeAreWestHam at Manscaped.com. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimised trimmer that makes shaving time your favourite time, just like watching West Ham is your favourite time of the week. We're lucky enough to be one of the first to try the new 4.0 and it's fair to say we're blown away by its performance. It's a next level product that really will change the way you approach your grooming routine. James, uh, trimmers, shaving, keeping yourself nice and tidy down there. Any funny or embarrassing stories? Nothing from me. Um, I'm not saying I'm a pro or anything, but nothing from me. But a a friend of mine has quite an embarrassing story, which I always think about. Always makes me giggle. Particularly after a few beers when we go out and not out with him, but on a Magaluf uh, lads' holiday about ten years ago, he, he thought on his first night he'd um, give himself a little bit of a tidy up, and um, as went you all do. The way, as you, yeah, I mean, as you do, yeah. But he, he first time he'd ever done it, so he wasn't, you know, he didn't really know about the aftercare and everything that comes with it, and um, spent a good, you know, a good twenty four, thirty six hours in in agony because of the the, the Magaluf heat and the, the sweating that comes with it naturally. Um, and it was very uncomfortable for him. So um, he got absolutely no luck, which was, was his, atten- his intention. Um, and so we've laughed about it ever since. What about you, mate? Yeah, uh, to be honest, mate, I used to be a regular waxer, believe it or not. Um, just a little uh, professional studio he had near my my work in an old life, this was. And he used to go and get it done in a salon. But it's an expensive way of doing it. So like 40 quid a go every six weeks or whatever it was. Um, and then so one day I thought, oh, you know, I'll have a go at this at home. It's got to be cheaper. Bought all the strips and I won't go into details, but it was very, very painful. And the uh, it was not a pretty sight afterwards either. So from then on, switch to trimmers and it's been shavers all the way for me since then. Clean and tidy. No hassle. Very, very similar um effect so uh yeah to say not the not details but it was not pretty so uh yeah trimmers all the way to be fair mate i never never had you down as a waxer um (laughs) if i'm honest but yeah i mean you learn something every day didn't you um manscaped have engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer to combat all those embarrassing stories once and for all by focusing on intelligent functionality and incredibly comfortable grooming experience their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology. And it also has a very impressive 4000 LED spotlight, which I can show you right there. Oh, hey, have a See? look at that. Shaving in the dark. Shaving in the dark, just in case you need to, for whatever reason. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. For the um, awkward dark spots. Little dark spots. Um, again, if you've got any, you know, it comes in <laughs> handy. Uh, and that can be turned on and off when needed for a more precise shave. This thing literally does have everything. It even boasts wireless charging, uh, additional guard links with sizes one to four, and a multi-function on and off switch that can engage travel lock. So, lads, if you need to up your game when it comes to tidying up your trophy cabinet, or if you've been shaving down below with the same trimmer you use for your face, now is the time to dip into the transfer market and bring in a superstar signing who will upgrade your look and feel instantly. West Ham have done just that this summer, so now it's your turn. So head over to manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WEARWESTAM. That's all one word, We are WESTAM. You wouldn't stick a goalkeeper up front if you're a manager, so why choose anything other than the right tools for the job when it comes to your grooming? Trust us, you won't regret it. Yeah, 
So we've had a look ahead to West Ham United, arguably uh, the biggest game in living memory, certainly for me, for West Ham against Dinamo Zagreb, first ever Europa League group stage game on Thursday night. And then we're welcomed back to the Premier League with the small matter of facing Manchester United at home at the London Stadium on Sunday, complete with uh, seemingly ever-improving Cristiano Ronaldo, who got his career or his second Man United career off to a uh, an excellent start with a couple against Newcastle at the weekend. I'm delighted to say a man who looks about as good as Cristiano Ronaldo and is about the same age. It's Matt Beadle, friend of the podcast, sports journalist and Manchester United fan. Matt, great to speak to you again, mate. Nice to have you back. I think it's fair to say that you and Cristiano are in similar nick, don't you think? I'll take it, mate. I will take it all day. So you can keep piling on those compliments. I will certainly <laughs> take that because he's up there. He's up there, in my opinion, with the greatest of all time behind one one man and one man only. And that's Brian Robson. Brian Robson? What, as in just for sex appeal or being good at football? <laughs> Bit of both. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's good to speak to you, mate. Both of our clubs uh, feel good factors, to be honest. At the moment, I've commented before. I think maybe even said it to you. Uh, It's a little bit disconcerting that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer almost sort of makes Man United likable, which is uh, as a feeling that doesn't sit sit too comfortably with me or certainly wouldn't have done for the most periods of my life. Um, what What's your thoughts on United at the moment? The Ronaldo thing was obviously a huge boost for, for obvious reasons, but what's your thoughts on that? And just the, the club was in fairly rude health even before that, I would argue. Yeah, the Ronaldo thing, I have to be brutally honest, I, I kept my distance from it because it was one of those where you know, sometimes you have those scenarios in life where you're like, I'm not I'm not going to approach it. I'm not going to believe anything that's happened until it actually happens because I don't want to jinx it. Anybody that spoke to me, I was like, no, until I see shirt in hand, pen on paper, we're not discussing this. We're not yeah. discussing and, and to be honest, I still can't. And I think most United fans who were there in the era of his first spell at the club, still can't quite actually believe that he's wearing a Manchester United shirt again that's not in an exhibition match. The fact that he walked out at Old Trafford on Saturday against Newcastle was just an incredible feeling, really. Absolutely incredible. I didn't know how it was going to go. I still don't quite know how it's going to pan out, but it's just it's just, it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre to see him back in a Manchester United shirt because you just never, ever thought it was going to happen again, especially the way that he spoke about Manchester United when he was at Real Madrid. It very much seemed like that was a, a part of his life. It was a chapter of his life that he completed, but he very much shut the book on it. So to come Don't back, go back, sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. But it's um, it's great. And Saturday, yeah, what a start. I mean, you can't escape the fact that it was just a flying start. Sorry, Reese. Before you, I know you got a couple of questions for Matt. So you feel good about it, Matt? Do you or uh, I? I sort of I can't quite decipher where you're whether you're excited or it's a brilliant thing or or you've got a couple of trepidations but you just don't want to say him in case he goes on and scores forty goals this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no trepidation. I absolutely feel good about it. The only my only concern was, and maybe this was quashed on Saturday, was how it might impact Bruno Fernandes, and I only based that on what I saw of Portugal in the Euros of the summer. Now the Bruno Fernandes we saw playing for Portugal, I'm sure you'll agree, was nothing like the Bruno Fernandes that we saw 
playing for Manchester United or we have seen playing for Manchester United over the past 18 months. So I did think, how is this going to impact Bruno at Manchester United? But then on Saturday, he goes and gets the ball 25 yards out and smashes it in the top corner. So I'm guessing it's going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you think, Matt, that him just being around the place again will bring on, let's say, your average players that have not performed in the last couple of seasons do you think just having him around and maybe his approach to games will will change the mentality of some of them players I think it has to Reese. yeah I think it has to and when you've listened to Manchester United players of the past especially Rio Ferdinand always used to say every summer it, it wasn't unlike Alex Ferguson to have a new man in the changing room just so you looked around and thought oh we need to step up a gear here. We cannot rest on our laurels. And not to say United can rest on any laurels that they've had over the past few years. They need to win a title. They need to start winning trophies again. But just having someone of Cristiano Ronaldo's presence, I think you ask any footballer, even the way that Paul Pogba was speaking about him when he heard of the signing, speaking so glowingly and saying this can only improve us as a team. And yeah, like you say, the, the youth, which Manchester United do have in abundance again now, just like the old days, can only learn from Cristiano Ronaldo. Although I did read a couple of days ago that apparently he skipped the initiation song. I didn't I didn't read the full article, <laughs> I just read a line which it's no is good that is it. On. That's not on. Uh, no. That uh, is not on. what just uh, while we're on the serious stuff, Matt, uh, what song do you reckon he would have sung? If that's poor that you don't want to hear stories like that, do you? Absolutely not. I mean that no one's bigger than the initiation song, right? You all have to <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What would he have sang then? I don't oh, any big Portuguese hits, to be quite honest. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not big on my Portuguese hits. I don't know if I can, uh, you know, a bit of reggaeton, maybe Portuguese, Brazil. I don't know, maybe something yeah. like that. Maybe he cracked out a bit of uh, Pavarotti or something like that. He picked up while he was at Juventus. Give the opera a smash. Who knows? But look, Matt. Uh, as far as on the pitch stuff goes, um, you've got a European game this week, just like West Ham. You're away to Young Boys in Switzerland uh, Tuesday night. That is, you've got that game before the trip to West Ham. So you'll have an extra day or no, an extra two days um, to recover ahead of that game at, at London Stadium. As far as the football goes, sort of, you know, what, what do you, have you got any advice for us? First of all, our first European group stage game or Europa League group stage game on Thursday. Uh, do you expect those two things to factor into to what happens on Sunday? Obviously a positive for you guys. I guess that you've got that extra recovery time. Potentially, yeah. I think the fact that United now have plenty of experience in Europe, of course, and this is, you know, West Ham's, you know, relatively small experience of European football. I was trying to think of the last time that we would have both played against each other following European competition. And I don't know, I was thinking of the Intertoto days way back when, when we were both maybe in European competition. But I think it, it, it might it might play a part. So Thursday night for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Away yeah. at Dynamo Zagreb. And, and I think anybody going into their first European campaign of recent seasons, especially of this magnitude for West Ham in the Europa, it, expect the worst. I think that's the best thing that you can do. It took Manchester United a long time to grow accustomed under Sir Alex Ferguson, to grow accustomed to European football. It took a hell of a long time. I mean, they were blighted by that whole, you know, three foreigners rule. Or, yeah, three foreigners rule at the beginning of the Champions League and when they were in Europe, the Europa Cup. But 
it took Ferguson what to 1999 until he actually managed to to get that trophy, that coveted trophy. So expect the worst. I don't think uh, you can expect to come flying out of the traps. I think European football takes a lot of getting used to. Not so much the competition, the the teams that you're playing against, but having to juggle arriving back on a Thursday evening or Friday morning back into training then playing at the weekends it's so disruptive towards your normal routine yeah I think that's going to be the uh that's going to be one thing that we might struggle with but you know we've touched on it and said that you know it's going to be brilliant for us to be involved in European football in terms of your prospects this season in they're saying no particular order but what is it do you think they're beginning for the league now Ronaldo's back or is it going to be any sort of trophy or everything how do, you, how do you think it's going to pan out yeah I mean I, I don't think expectations are everything and I don't think that Manchester United fans have that expectation it's certainly not not true ardent Manchester United fans have that expectation that the club are gonna do a, an old school clean sweep but certainly minimum requirement this season is a trophy of some sort I mean I think that just that just has to be the case and the title, I, you know, I don't think that's beyond the realms of possibility at all now. And that's the only thing we're signing Ronaldo is that, and, and everybody, every pundit has alluded to this, is that, you know, there's no excuse now. There's no escape. You signed Ronaldo. He's a more serial league title winner, although not with Juventus last season, of course. But it's it's such a signing, like we've already alluded to, that you kind of have to go all out for the title. And we, we've said it many times before, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, third, second, you know, <laughs> This, the script is written that this season it, it should be top. And, you know, Manchester City looking very good. Liverpool looking very good. West Ham, of course, looking very, very good. <laughs> so who knows what will happen at the end of the season. But I, you know, Manchester United fans want it's And domestic success is actually, well, for me, it's always been far more important than any type of European success. So the Premier League title is is expected this season. But a trophy, first and foremost, minimum requirement is expected to earn. Yeah, I, I I think that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, for for when you've made a sign of that magnitude, or you, I think all you can expect is is progress. And even when you're at the top, if you came second again, I don't, I don't think that'd be tragic. You just want to close the gap a bit, don't you? But I do think it's potentially there for the taking this year. Men's City don't look as infallible as they have in seasons past. I do think Chelsea are going to be more of a challenge. I just think it's generally going to going to squeeze up a little bit. But, um, yeah, the addition for of Ronaldo certainly looks to have, have done you a favour so far. Looking ahead then, Matt, to the game on Sunday, sort of how do you see it playing out uh, selection-wise? And, uh, you know, what, what do you expect from Solskjaer? Obviously, given that your Champions League game's coming up, we're going to probably, or we're saying, we hope that we put out a full-strength side. And if you gave us both of us a choice, Reese and I, that we'd rather win on Thursday than we would on Sunday, and if it's a case of limiting the damage on Sunday and by playing a weakened team Thursday, well, I'd rather just get thrashed 5-0 on, on Sunday, quite frankly. But from a United standpoint, what, what do you expect like team-wise and uh, and then how the game will play out? That's interesting. It's interesting you said that you'd rather... So Europa League this season is more the priority for you than... Yeah. We were saying that it's got to be Matt, and like, it's me and Reese. You know, Reese is slightly older than I have, but neither of us. This is our first time ever in the Europa League group stage proper. We didn't get into the UEFA Cup group stages. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, we're in the Premier League every year. We might, even if we flopped out of the Europa League, we might only come tenth or whatever. I think 
we haven't got in it for such a long time. Who knows how long it'll be again? Yeah, we both sort of have the opinion. I think most West Ham fans are that it would be criminal not to give it our utmost. It's such a great achievement. It's such a feel-good factor around the club that if we got through to the Europa League knockout stages, and then because let's be honest, we are unlikely to get further than if we get through the group. Maybe we've got two ties in us max. Um, we, we've got other, we've got time to focus on achieving in the Premier League again and, and doing good things. But yeah, hundred percent. You know, I just want to throw everything at the Europa League, and then the, all the rest of it can can come secondary to that. I think. Interesting. Okay. Well, I think one of the one of the big things that I've noticed certainly, or that I've always thought about West Ham, and I think we've discussed this previously on on the podcast, is that for years in recent times. You could just never, in my opinion, ever, ever predict a West Ham eleven. Every week, you're like, who's going to play this week? What what team mm-hmm. is going to be out there? Whereas now, under David Moyes, there is that consistency. And I think that's what's really exciting for West Ham fans. And when you, you ask me about Manchester United, there's something that's exciting for me as well at the moment. When you ask me about the team, instantly I go, that back five, De Gea, Luke Shaw, left back, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, right back, Varane and Harry Maguire. That's really exciting to me because that is, you know, on the team sheet, pretty much every important game without a shadow of a doubt. I think where he might make changes is in the midfield for West Ham. Fred coming back, he didn't feature, obviously. He was back from that ridiculous scenario, that World Cup qualifying scenario in Brazil. He'll be back. And Scott McTominay has actually somehow just rapidly come back from groin surgery like no other man on the history. Yeah. <laughs> Just seems to be. It's like surgery. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to play. So yeah, I'm back in. Has often played. Got well. his gown on. That's it. Yeah, he's often played well against West Ham. So I think there's a possibility he might come in too. But then it's you know it's you're attacking riches. You know, will he go Sancho? Will he go Greenwood? Will he go Ronaldo? Will Cavani come back in? You know, he's got Martial waiting on the bench as well. There's just there's so much there at the moment. What have you made of Sancho so far, Matt? Sorry to. But in on you there, Reese. But yeah, came in for a lot of money, uh, expecting big things from him. Lots of people were. United have been tailing him for, if reports to be for, believed, for a couple of seasons now. Uh, certainly hasn't had as much of an impact as, as Ronaldo has, put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, when you come in for that price tag, it's always going to be difficult. I think Paul Pogba's been battling that ever since he arrived in, in 2016. Yeah. Jamie, and- yeah, Jaden Sancho, listen, a, a quality player. I, it, it was difficult because I didn't actually see that much of him playing for Borussia Dortmund. I wasn't an avid follower of the Bundesliga. But what I saw of him in the Euros, uh, you know, and, and the highlights I saw of him more so in the Champions League over the course of the past few seasons was that he's obviously a very good player. My concern, again, with this one to begin with was, and this was highlighted in the game against Southampton, the one-all draw, was that on occasions he was pretty much taking up the same positions and making the same runs as Mason Greenwood. And I thought this right. this might be a bit of an issue, especially when Greenwood was playing on the right hand side. It was like, you know, they're they're both there. And I thought, how are they gonna how are they gonna solve this? But clearly it takes time, right? I mean he's just he's just arrived at the club. It's not going to be an instant fix. And I think that we'll probably see the best of Jaden Sancho in the second half of the season, which isn't an issue for me at all. I think it's just going to take a bit of time. He played well against Newcastle at the weekend. I've been impressed with what I've seen and I can only be excited by the fact that it's another young English talent at the club. 
Yeah, you're not exactly hard pushed for uh, for people to slot in in his place. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Reese, go on. That's right. No, I was going to say that you're talking about Sancho. I think, you know, you're going to have a lot of games sort of coming thick and fast as well. So game time shouldn't be an issue for him, should it really? But going back to Mason Greenwood, will he end up an out-and-out striker? Um, you know, you say, I've seen him sort of play right, play left. Every time I watch him, he looks like he's like he's got a deadly finish in him. Um, he scored one against us last year at the London Stadium. So, what's your opinion of him? Do you think he would stay like is he long term or is it sort of Sierra goes a bit like Martial? Would it maybe be edged out? Edged out of the club, you mean? Yeah, uh, I don't think so. No, I, not at all. I think you know he signed that 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 big contract last season. I first and foremost think he's excellent. I think he's absolutely mm. brilliant. When you say he's finishing, he's just got that. Van Persie-esque ability to yeah. just shift it and the power with a standing foot with minimal backlift. What we saw from Romelu Lukaku actually the weekend with that brilliant mm. second goal he scored against Aston Villa is that Mason's got that two-footed as well, take penalties with his right foot on occasions just because he can. To answer your question about whether... I think Reece used to do that, to be fair. That's <laughs> 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 <I was> tired, mate. <laughs> about uh, the out-and-out striker option. I think it's a bit of a difficult question to answer because how often these days do you see an out-and-out striker? You look at even the likes of Kylian Mbappe, still not really an out-and-out mm. proper old-school striker like we used to see, like you see with Erling Haaland, who you could consider an out-and-out striker. I don't think that... Well, we've Matt... got a right-back playing up front, Matt. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah. By the way, you see, what's the crack? So is he eligible for the weekend? After nah, that suspended. Right. He'll play Thursday, suspended yeah. for the most mindless second book in there. There has been. <laughs> mad, mad. Still thinking about yeah. saving the last dance, even though it was Dirty yeah. Dance. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was awfully pulled <laughs> off, wasn't it? <laughs> awful, awful. But yeah, go on, Matt. Sorry, carry on. No, not at all. I, I just think that Nowadays, that type of role of being an out-and-out number nine is, is becoming less of a thing. And I think the beauty of Mason Greenwood is that he can play on either side and out-and-out if he wants to. Sometimes that's to the detriment of a striker because they, rather than be moulded as the out-and-out number nine, who will just be a lethal goal scorer. They are utilised in, in, in different positions. You've got Marcus Rashford to come back as well. But let's not forget about that too. But he nearly broke a record at the weekend, Mason Greenwood. He would have just been the, I think it was the fourth teenager to have scored in four games in a row in the Premier League. Just missed out on that. But I do think, I think he'll do that this season before he turns 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's definitely a class act. So, Matt, look, looking forward then to this game on Sunday. Uh, what, what are you expecting, uh, sort of style of play-wise, and then uh, give us a score prediction as always? Style of play-wise, I think you'll see what what you've seen from United in, in recent times. To be honest, I think attacking intent. That's 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 what you've seen from United. Smart, incisive passing is. It's just been the way that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has played pretty much ever since he took over. It hasn't always worked. Absolutely hasn't always worked. And his team selection has been the issue. And I think, again, I said this on the last podcast that I, that I was on, that we can't forget we're actually still with a manager who's learning on the job. And I think that's a really mm. important point to make. That is, he's a manager learning on the job. He's relatively new for this. Now, you know, a few seasons in, OK, he's got to start making the right decisions. And I think that's been his downfall in, in recent seasons. But I think his team selection will will probably be spot on. I think you'll see a not too dissimilar performance to what we saw last season at the London Stadium, only with a better first 45 minutes. 
you smashing balls out for throw-ins and then <laughs> all the officials ignoring them and then you scoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the game itself, listen, I, I know that it's always a different group of players, isn't it? It's a different collective. And Harry Redknapp always used to say this. I remember when he was asked questions about, oh, this team haven't got a very good record against you. They haven't, they've only won once in the past 20 years. And he used to say, well, it's different teams, it's different players. You can't really bring those stats up. But with United and West Ham, there always is that something, isn't there? And I know the record's different on your own ground as opposed to our Trafford where it was, I think we're still looking at 2007, right? Since the last time you won at Old Trafford, which is which is incredible. Although I was looking, I was looking at some stats earlier that whenever you won at Old Trafford, you always followed it up with a successive victory. So whenever you win at Old Trafford, you actually always win the next game. You did it in 86, I think, when you won the <laughs> yeah. league. 2001, when Decanio scored that goal with okay, yeah, and then. The foe did it yeah, was that yeah. that season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um there is that statistic, but your record over United at home, if we factor in the bowling and London Stadium, hasn't actually been that bad. I, I'm actually thinking it might be a draw at the weekend. And at some point, at some point, David Moyes does have to get the better of Manchester United. You know, it's gonna happen at some point. Yeah, that's not a not a record he likes out. Well, look, James Jones in his Betway charity bet this week has gone for a draw. Me and Reese are a little bit more cautious with our, our selections. But uh, look, it's shaping up. It's a great week for West Ham, a, a Europa League away game, then a game against Manchester United at home. There's going to be eyes on us across Europe and across the world. Um, so we're just hoping we put in uh, a good show. And if I think me and Reese both snap your arm off for a point now. But um, again, priority for us, definitely on the Dina Rosa Greb game. If we come out the week unbeaten, then I'll eat my hat. But Matt, it's uh, it's been great to speak to you again, mate. Matt Beadle there, sports journalist, uh, friend of the podcast and Manchester United fan for the opposition view. Brilliant to have you on again, Matt. And stay with us because we've got the West Ham women next. Matt Beadle there, Manchester United fan, sports journalist, good friend of the podcast here at We Are West Ham. Uh, always different insight into Manchester United, I find, from Matt. Nice and honest. He never has um, the red fan spectacles on. He always gives a, a nice balanced view. And you know, it was interesting to to hear, Reese. I thought there, about the, the, the trepidation about Ronaldo. I think everyone was so, you know, just oh, desperate to have him back. And it, it did seem a bit surreal, doesn't it? I think when someone reaches that superstar status like that. Um, but there are obviously, there, there's a few sort of uh, question marks and reports coming out that, you know, he's sort of, as much as it's great to see one of the greatest footballers of all time, he sort of also represents lots of things that are wrong with football, like the extreme amounts of money that he's getting paid in excess of like, you know, half a million quid a week. Um, some of the, the obviously reports that were out, uh, the Catherine Mayorga reports and all the allegations that are against him about those from, uh, yeah, the, the past allegations. It's a strange one, isn't it? How did you feel when, when Ronaldo signed? I know it's not our club, but it's hard not to be intrigued by it. Um, obviously, for, for I was delighted to have him back and I've always been a Ronaldo over Messi in that old debate, if ever you had to pick a side. Um, but what, what did you make of that, just briefly, before we move on, with, when, when he signed? I think it's good to have him back in the in the league, to be honest, mate. Um, am I a believer of players going back to clubs for you know a second stint? We've obviously had it with a few players where... Give me Tevez know, back in, now. 
you know, when Dixie come back, to, like Tony Cotty's been back and, you know, as recent as Joey Cole and sort of Ginger Pele. So I think he, they're sort of not in the shadow of Man City. In term, yeah, they are in terms of like trophies and stuff in the last few years. But, you know, that will bring that will bring supporters back. That will give them that little bit of, you know, the pressure that they were putting on the owners. That's all sort of disappeared, isn't it, at the mm. moment? You know, it's a bit yeah. – we have it sometimes at the club where – you know, we have a few good results and certain things are forgotten. So, yeah, yeah, you know, I think right. if, if you're a Man United fan, especially if you're a sort of younger fan um, and you started going when he was first there, so to see him come back when you're a bit older and you can appreciate him a bit more, um, you know, I think it's, he, he knows the deal, doesn't he? And, you know, he, he would have loved that Sunday, I'm sure, uh, Saturday, sorry, I'm sure if they'd had a, a side like a Liverpool or, Chelsea or Man City he probably wouldn't have played. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, maybe, you know yeah. it, it's it's you know he, he's he's done very well out of it. He does look after himself very well. He's got a good brand, as you say. There are other things that are holding over his head. Just hope we. But so he's the same age as you, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think we're uh, we're just just slightly off of the same sort of physical build. <laughs> well, I always used to get so, too confused. Uh, you know what I mean? So. And I think he's probably got just a little bit more grey hair than I have. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly, mate. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's when you look at it and you go, blimey. But, um, yeah, yeah, I do. Could, that. He, could he do it on a cold Sunday morning down at Woolly D, mate? That's all I'd say. <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, uh, look, it's great to have Matt on as always. But look, we, uh, it's the West Ham women section now uh, spoke to Ollie Harder over the summer genuinely was excited about the start to the season and frankly it's it's been disappointing the um I know you didn't uh, last week didn't do the the women's section research there's been two games since we last spoke about uh, the women's team on the podcast uh, and two Unfortunate results, frankly. Uh, the first was obviously a 2-0 defeat away at Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, Howard Sissoko got sent off on 32 minutes for West Ham and the game turned on its head from there, really, where the girls were playing quite well up until that incident. Uh, she got sent off and gave away a penalty at the same time. Inessa Kargman scored the penalty for Brighton on 33 minutes and then sure enough eight minutes later four minutes to go before half time Lee Gu-Min put them 2-0 up and that's how it stayed for the rest of the game the, the sending off did affect the girls massively um, you know Brighton now sitting top of the WSL after two, with two wins from two not conceded a goal uh, got a 5-0 win in their second game. So it's happy days for them. The defeat doesn't look too terrible at the moment. The girls currently sit eighth. Uh, the one point that they have picked up came against Aston Villa at home on Sunday. Villa, who were relegation rivals, of course, towards the end of last season. Excellent start. Adriana Leon puts West Ham 1-0 up after eight minutes in Dagenham. All looking pretty hunky-dory, albeit they did concede quite a lot of shots from Aston Villa, but they were clinging on 1-0 as the clock hit 90 and then two minutes into stoppage time, Remy Allen equalised for Aston Villa. Disappointing stuff. Would have been great 
for Ali Harder to get a win on the board early doors in the WSL, but it wasn't to be, unfortunately. But Aston Villa, 55% possession. They had 19 shots to West Ham's eight. Uh, only six of those were on target, to be fair, while West Ham had four. Uh, strange game. Reese. It's, it's one of those things, isn't it? The Brighton game, you can kind of go, all right, fair enough, a red card after half an hour. You don't expect to win a game like that, really, do you? No, I mean, first game of the season as well, mate. You know, for it can, you know, anything can happen on the first game. So, you know, they'll probably, they'll be just, they were probably disappointed with the first game. But, you know, to concede so late on Saturday was probably sort of a real choker for them. Um, I watched brief bits of it um, and it looked good. It looked, it looked like there was a, a pretty good crowd there as well. So, yeah, I think just over you know, 1100. Yeah, it's you know, getting always getting your first point on the board is always is always good. Um, and as you say, there's four teams below them that still haven't picked up any points. So, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting to see what we can do this season. Um, yeah, you know, hopefully we can push on and and sort of start cementing a a good place in the in the top six. Yeah, that's it. I mean, uh, Brighton thrashed Birmingham. 5-0 at a weekend to go uh, top of the league. Arsenal, Man United, Tottenham. Tottenham, what a result they got away yeah. at Manchester City last night. That was Sunday night. Uh, last minute winner. Blatant handball in the build-up uh, and then ended up hitting the post. One of those unfortunate ones where it hits the post and went in off the goalie. But a fantastic result for Tottenham. Puts them in the top four as well with two wins from two. Um, and West Ham just one place below Man City at the moment. You mentioned that there, Reese Leicester, Birmingham. Reading and Everton all below West Ham at the moment with two defeats from two. Everton conceded or a goal difference of minus eight at the moment. So not so good for them. Very disappointing, especially against Aston Villa, because they're going to be a team who are going to be in and around West Ham at the end of the season, no doubt. However, 26th of September, uh, there's a a break uh, next weekend for the girls. But then another home game, Leicester City at home on the 26th at three o'clock over at Dagnan. Be great. Um, We're hoping to get down there for that one. Great if uh, a few of the listeners can go and support the girls as well. As we mentioned, good crowd. Uh, for the Villa game. But that Leicester one as well, Reese is, is shaping up to be huge, isn't it? All, all seems silly saying that earlier in the season. But yeah. West Ham 8th, Leicester 9th, Leicester haven't won a game so far. Uh, you know, they they lost to Aston Villa on the opening day 2-1. Then they lost uh, home to Manchester United, which again, there's no shame in that um, on Sunday. But huge game against Leicester already early in the season. Yeah, I think they'll put up a good test and I think that that sort of show us a little bit how far we've come in these first couple of games because if we can get a win on the board, you look back at your first three games and think, you know, what, four points, that's that's a relatively good start. Mm. Uh, but obviously, if we do get beat, you know, then that's, that's when pressure already starts, as you say. It's only three games in, but... Um, unfortunately especially with those two winnable games as well isn't it Villa and Leicester if you don't get a win out of those and Brighton to be fair everyone I know they've had some good results but it's not like you've played City United and and Chelsea is it no I think we do we go I think we go to City after the Leicester game don't we so yeah that's it mate you know I think they've got to be they've got to be looking at uh, trying to pick up three points against Leicester 
Yeah, yeah, big time, mate. So that's uh, 26th of September, the home to Leicester, and then away to Man City, 3rd of October, before a home game against Birmingham on the 10th. Again, it just seems, Reese, I don't know about you, but the, this season it's just split almost of games where you go, yeah, should win that or likely to get thrashed. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be too many in that like middle ground where you think, well, half a chance of a result or could get a draw which i suppose makes for makes for exciting football i suppose yeah definitely definitely i think you, you know especially against the the big sides there is a bit of a gulf from what i've seen um mm. but you know there have been a couple of strange results already so as you mentioned like the spurs win um so yeah I, you know i hope that they i hope they don't sort of the heads don't drop too much after the first couple of games especially conceding the last minute goal you know if it was just a normal one all saturday and they'd scored in the 60th minute but yeah. you know what it's like when you concede a, a, a last minute goal that can have knock-on effects so you know hopefully they'll be on the training pitch working hard um to try and put yeah. it right right on uh, sunday week no doubt they will be. I mean, the same thing happened against Birmingham last season, that just heartbreaking last minute one. Again, only for, for an equaliser, but it's like, oh, God. Yeah. I think it's it's one of those, you know what it's like, Reese, where that, that stigma grows, doesn't it? And it's been such a long time since Oli Hard has got a win, particularly in the league. And you just, when it's so close on a couple of occasions, you just want, you, all you need to do is just get over the line, isn't it? You've got the, the stigma off your back for the first one. Um, and then from then on, it doesn't seem quite as severe, does it? Because the commentators and pundits stop saying without yeah. a win in 10 or whatever it is. Um, yeah. And it's, it's yeah, what they won last time out and it just changes the, the mindset around the club. But fingers crossed, we've got a week off um, the girls now to to regroup, do a bit of training. Yeah, like Reese said, hopefully they can ignore any negative feelings that have come in that last minute equaliser by Aston Villa and uh, pushing onwards and upwards. Like we say, we're, we're trying to support the girls as much as we can this season. We're hoping to get down for that Leicester game. So, uh, you know, for any of you fans uh, who are listening at the moment that haven't been before and uh, and fancy a little trip down to Dagenham to watch the girls for the first time, I know Ollie and uh, the whole team, the girls and all that, would, would definitely appreciate it. So fingers crossed. Um, for that and uh reese that's nearly it for this week mate uh brilliant show so far huge week for west ham coming up i'm hoping to have a chat with the creation football podcast tomorrow just to put the cherry on the cake that is this uh podcast but don't go anywhere just yet mate because uh i want to have a couple of final thoughts from you and we'll do a little um brief little outro as we always do before a whopper of a week for west ham united so final thoughts from me and reese next Exciting times to be a West Ham United supporter, Reece, especially this week. Uh, the eyes of the world, the eyes of Europe are going to be on us for sure. Dynamo's a grab away on Thursday. Manchester United at home on Sunday at the London Stadium. I'll only be going to one of those, unfortunately, which is the United game. But um, yeah, ultimately, huge week, Reese. Great guests, well, great guest in, in Matt Beadle. This week so far, uh, what's, you know, just sort of sum up, give us your final thoughts. How are you feeling after the podcast and, and ahead of of what's shaping up to be, if nothing else, an exciting week for West Ham? It's a massive week, mate. Um, 
you know we've we've spoke about it so much on here and even just talking about it, it gives you that little bit of little bit of a buzz to think you know we're back in europe let's see if we can put ourselves up against some uh, some decent european sides and you know let's not be too downbeat if it don't go right straight away but let's certainly give it a good go yeah i think you hit the nail on the head mate to be honest where you know it, we're in europe go for it 100 percent don't worry about the um like any other games or any other league commitments or whatever yeah your tweet put it perfectly we've waited years and years and years to get here the idea of resting players stuff all that they should ignore all that let's just go for it um yeah dinamo's regret thursday night quarter to six um manchester united at home on uh, sunday is a sunday uh sunday afternoon isn't it two o'clock kickoff before we go up to old trafford uh next wednesday the 22nd in the league cup we'll cover all that of course on the podcast next week Uh, reese what where do you think Mark Noble just quickly comes into all this? So one little final note, just want to give a hats off to Billy Horschel, um, who won at the uh, BMW PGA uh, in the week and Declan Rice, or sorry, over the weekend. And uh, Mark Noble and Declan Rice were in attendance. Billy's the one who's been carrying around the West Ham branded golf bag for a while. So that's great to see. So just a bit of support. And a hats off to Billy for his achievement there. Uh, where do you sit on on Mark Noble this season, Reese? Just while we're doing some final thoughts, yeah, likely to see him at all in the Europa League game. Surely Moisey will give him a. I don't know if he'll start him, but I'm surely if we were doing it right in the game, we'd give him 15 at the end. Yeah, I would. I would think so, mate. I mean, um, you know, he, he's going to be wanting to play as much as he can in his final season, isn't he? So. Um, I'd probably expect him to start against Manchester United uh, in the Cup on Wednesday week. Um, the one thing you'll know with him, he'll always be ready when he comes on. So, you know, if there's anyone that needs to G the team up or anything, um, even from just the sidelines, I think he's, you know, I, I hope he plays enough to to warrant sort of be this being his last season if that makes sense and not thinking well maybe I should have done it last year if you know what I mean mm. um, yeah you know, I hope he does get I hope he does get a bit of game time just to give people that will be going that don't go every week the chance to see him and you know sort of say thanks so yeah yeah for I, sure. I hope he you know I hope he, he plays a part um, unless so right at the end of the season he's lifting the Europa League trophy eh? Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, I imagine I imagine he'll, he'll get 90 or at least start the game against United in the League Cup next week as well. Uh, look, just one one final reminder for any new listeners. We do have a We Are West Ham listeners and uh, hosts Fantasy Premier League League. Uh, I'm absolutely smashing it at the moment. I've, I've had an all right season last year, to be fair, as well. I think we've got... Around 500 people at the moment. 500 of you guys, the listeners, uh, me and Jonesy are in it as well. Reese, I'm not sure. Do you do normal fantasy or do you just do the Sun Dream team? Uh, just the Sun Dream team at the moment, mate. Yeah, I didn't think I was no, sure. I, uh, but, um, I tried it last year, but I couldn't handle all subs and everything yeah, else. Yeah, 
Give me a one to eleven. You're our mate. Well, look, if uh, any of you uh, new listeners or old uh, yet to join the We Are West Ham Fantasy Premier League, you can join it by entering the code OR1U. No, sorry, oh, I knew I'd stuff that up. OR1WUC. So the letter OR1WU. See, that's on Fantasy Premier League. Um, yeah, I have to think I'm about 19th out of 500 listeners at the moment. So I'm uh, definitely enjoying that. Don't forget, of course, you can follow us on social media and on YouTube. Uh, at Twitter, we are at we are underscore West Ham. Instagram, we're we are West Ham pod. Facebook, just search we are West Ham podcast. Do the same on youtube you'll find us there you can of course email us at we are at gmail.com subscribe to the pod on all your platforms give us five stars right review and most importantly of all and a few of you have done that recently we've had a few messages confirming as such tell your friends about us we've uh, say a lot of you are new to the podcast already be that because of the tony cotty interview we got or whatever it might be but we know the word has been spreading somewhat our listening figures tell us that so thanks very much to to all of you who've been spreading the word of the we are west Ham podcast big tip of the hat to all of you new guys and uh yeah here's hoping that you are as excited about West Ham United's first ever Europa League group stage game as me and Reese are. Dinamo Zagreb away on Thursday night, Man United at home on Sunday. How good does that sound? Absolutely brilliant being a hammer at the moment. Thanks for listening, everyone. Up the hammers. West Ham are massive. And we'll see you next week. This week's episode was sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win a framed Upton Park seat signed by none other than Captain Fantastic Mark Noble. Tickets are just £6.95 each and just 65 tickets will be sold, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm on Friday and the winner will be drawn an hour later live on the Football Prizes Facebook page there's been some fantastic signed pieces from paolo di canio declan rice said ben rama and vladimir sufo up for grabs since their launch so head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out hi this is tony cotty and you're listening to the we are west end podcast Podcast Network.